What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to the Two Feet on the Ground Gravity Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Chris. Hey, as usual, I am excited that you're joining me here today. Today, I had the honor of interviewing 25-year police veteran, senior police officer, Johanna Abad of the Houston Police Department. Great conversation, listening to her experiences and her mindset in life. I think you're going to enjoy hearing from Johanna. Hey, before we get into that, though, we first want to talk about our sponsor. Sponsor of the Two Feet on the Ground Gravity Podcast is Service Peace Warriors. Service Peace Warriors is a 501c3 nonprofit dedicated to our veterans coming home with war-related PTSD and other disabilities. I don't know if you're aware of this, folks, but the rising statistic of veteran suicide is up to 24 a day, and that is just not okay. The goal of Service Peace Warriors is to place as many service dogs per year with veterans who are in need of help. And they do this at no cost to the veteran. That's right, up to $32,000 from puppy to sending a dog home with one of our nation's heroes, our veterans, can cost up to $32,000, and that is $0 for the veteran. They do that through grants, through the generous donations of people like you and me, and through operating their own dog training academy and using those proceeds to put service dogs in the hands of our veterans. Folks, if you haven't heard of them before, please check them out today. ServicePeaceWarriors.org. ServicePeaceWarriors.org. Find out how you can get involved or donate to them today to help out our veterans. Hey, with that, uh, let's talk about today's guests. Uh, Senior Police Officer Johanna Abad has done a number of things in her law enforcement career. She's been assigned to the Public Affairs Office. She's been an instructor at their police academy. More recently, she has been working as the museum project director, gathering uh, the the history of the Houston Police Department and putting it in in a form that allows other people to see and enjoy it. She's an avid runner, good way to sit there and burn off some stress. But more importantly than, than all of that, she's a mom, she's a wife, she's a realtor on the side, she's a mentor to inner city kids, and she's a friend. And folks, uh, I've only known Johanna here for a very short time now, but uh, but absolutely remarkable woman. You're going to enjoy hearing from her. So with that, I say we jump over and hear from Johanna. What is going on, Joanna Abed? How are you today? I'm doing great. Lovely to have been invited. Yeah, thanks for joining us here on the Two Feet on the Ground Gravity Podcast. Uh, I I know we talked offline before this, but obviously the listeners aren't privy to that. So I I wanted to kind of rewind back just a little bit to probably about within the last week and a half, two weeks, I have my house full with all my daughters. We're celebrating Christmas and I'm scrolling through all the different social media platforms and I'm going across Twitter and I saw some of your posts and I was just drawn to it because of the positivity that I see you projecting. And that's something that we're trying to unpack here. You know, I, my opinion and from my experience here in the Pacific Northwest uh, is that our communities, uh, both the communities where I live, I feel like America and I feel like our world community has experienced loss at a higher rate over the last couple of years than previously. And I, I'm, I'm wondering, I don't know, what are you seeing down in the Texas area? Are you seeing the same thing or is it different down there? 
Well, you know, we we live a little bit different down here south, right? Um, things are done a little bit differently, and you know, um, it's it's business as usual for the most part, right? I mean, we really try to keep things as as every day uh, as possible. You know, the schools we got lucky that with everything that's gone on in the last couple of years. Uh, our school system did not shut down, you know, in its entirety. So, um, you know, that's allowed life to continue and and actually not be a complete drag because I cannot imagine, uh, you know, when when schools stop, it stops everything. So, um, you know, things are a little bit different. Um, that's that's the one thing I can say about that down here. We truck along and we push through and we get stuff done. So we're we're still we're still moving forward. Yeah, I uh, I know I shared this with you already, but my cousin lives down there in the yeah. Houston area, and she follows. So she's probably listening. Mel, I love you. You rock, cousin. And uh, she she has shared that with me as well. Is that uh, that things are done differently in Texas here in Washington State. Uh, we will allow you to smoke marijuana, but we won't allow you to have a plastic straw. Oh, uh, but hey, yeah. you know, that's life, you know? Yeah. Here we ask for the plastic straws for the most part, along with the margaritas that you're taking to go. So, <laughs> hey, you are a woman of many hats. Uh, can you maybe unpack some of that? Uh, you know, as I was uh, thinking about asking you to be part of this podcast, I'm sitting there trying to figure out what you do. And I couldn't totally figure it out because of the numerous hats that you wear. So, uh, you know, what are the different different areas in your life, different responsibilities that, that you have? Um, well, I have been a Houston police officer for almost 25 years. So uh, I guess besides being a mom and a wife, 25 years of being a cop is primarily what I do. Uh, you know, we talked about how you keep yourself grounded and how maybe you find a balance and uh, maybe managing all the hats or wearing all the hats that I wear. It's a part of how I keep sane, right? Like how I keep my, you know, center gravity. And, um, and so that, you know, that's, that's my primary jobs. Outside of that, um, I, I mentor kids in the inner city and I do a little bit of real estate and I run a little bit and, uh, you know, I just try to stay as grounded as possible. Yeah. Wow. What, so, so being a 25 year police officer, uh, I know as you know, first responders, they, no one calls 911 because everything's going good, right? Like no one calls 911 and says, Hey, my right. kid got straight A's. Will you come it's over and give him a high five? Hey, my wife made this amazing dinner. Will you come over and just tell her how much I appreciate her? People call 911 because they're just, there's dysfunction, there's chaos, there's loss sometimes, right? That they're experiencing, whether it be they're the victim of a crime and th their loss is the the safety and security of, of people not messing with your stuff, or or maybe they've lost a loved one. Uh, with that, you, you experiencing loss vicariously through others over the last 25 years, how do you maintain, how do you maintain perspective in the midst of that? I mean, that's, that's difficult. Well, you know, like you said, we don't normally get a call because they want to say, hey, try my chili 
or, you know, uh, check out my dog. I had the cutest puppy. I mean, we don't get those calls. So it's very unfortunate, but it is, you know, somebody's got to do that job, right? And the fact that we have to deal with people every day uh, on their worst times, right? Like they're calling us experiencing loss, uh, children, um, you know, family members. I mean, every situation, you know, I can I can probably give you an example of every situation that I've encountered. And, you know, I think the biggest thing when it comes to that is trying to find uh, maybe something else outside. And uh, and that's what I was telling you earlier, you know, finding uh, those projects that bring you um, happiness outside of what you're doing. When you go to work, you're a professional, right? You can't come to somebody's call, somebody's help and be a basket case. You really have to come in and be the level-headed person that you're that you've been hired to be. Uh, you have to come in with all the training that you've been exposed to and you have to come as, you know, raw, basic, ready to help you know, put others in front of really yourself a lot of times. Um, you know, I, they say it takes a special person to do these kind of jobs. It does, because if you cannot step in and, uh, you know, act, you can't do this job. So in those times when the crises are here, when people are going through their bad times, you come in as a professional and you handle the situation. And you know, like I always tell people, 99.9% .9 of us go out there and just try to do our best every day, right? Like, I don't wake up, you know, we talk about all the hats. I, you know, I know when I wake up and I put on my police officer hat, I got to go to work. You know, I'm not thinking, you know, that at the end of my day, I'm going to lose my job, lose my freedom, lose my life. Like, I really need to get home for, a, you know, five or clog dentist appointment or you know so we do our best every day but when you get off right when that five o'clock comes around you have to have everything else that that will kind of coat or sugarcoat what the sadness or the situations that you've encountered so you can perform the next day so that's I think that's where a lot of us really try to find you know, something, whether it's running, yoga, you know, family, uh, unfortunately, alcohol, right? I mean, it's the reality of what we deal with. So um, that's, that's, I think that's how you find that balance, that yes. extracurricular. Do you feel like you've always said, I mean, 25 years, rewind the clock back 24 and a half years ago, uh, were you already there? Were you already striking a balance in your life? It sounds like you are maintaining, I mean, through running, through being a wife, through being a mother, uh, it gives you perspective. But is that something that you had to grow into or someone mentored you into? Or did you have that at the beginning of your career? I mean, I think that you, that's, that's a maturity thing, right? I mean, you know, I was in my early 20s out of college. I... I needed a job that paid the bills and um, I was looking at, you know, federal law enforcement. Um, so I figured I'd, I'd do something to kill the time while I got on with the feds, right? 
And again, 25 years later, life evolved. Um, but I, I think that comes with maturity. You know, um, you start realizing that it can't always just be the job and it can't always be that, you know, because in the early years, I mean, out of college, you know, and you see an accident with a fatality with a 17-year-old and his car got split in two, you know, how do you go home and deal with that? So early on, I started realizing there's got to be more than just the job. And, uh, you know, fitness was my first thing. Um, you know, I was always physically fit and wanted to be out there. And so I started on that. Um, and little by little, right, that led me to the my, my person, right? And he's the same way. So, you know, little by little, you, you get there. Uh, but it, it, it comes with maturity, I think, more than anything. I mean, you, you don't have it all. You don't have all the answers. You really just have to get day by day. And, you know, and, and that's, I think it, it came. It took a while, but it came. You know, obviously, I mean, you have girls. I have kids. Um, I have one actually going off to college which is crazy. Um, but I look at him and I realize, you know, it's going to be a while, right? It, it takes a minute. When you get there, you're still not there. You still have so much more to work on. Constant process. I like that. I, Constant. I agree with that mindset. Uh, and yes, I have uh, two adult daughters and they're doing remarkable. They're doing great yeah. things. But they also have to figure some things out for the, themselves. As a parent, I want to shelter them. I want to tell them everything and protect them from experiencing loss or trauma or pain. Uh, but the reality is some of it, they're just going to have to experience you themselves. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Hey, you. one of your jobs for the Houston Police Department has been to re revitalize or categorize, to, to bring to life the Houston Police Museum. What has that experience been like for Ooh. you? Um, so, you know, talking about, I'm, I'm not from Texas. I'm a transplant Texas, but Texan, but um, people that live here will tell you we got here as fast as we could, right? Um, it's hot. There's a beach close by, uh, good quality of living. Um, but again, I didn't grow up here. Um, so being a historian for a, a huge, you know, major city department and trying to unpack all that um, has been, it's been a 10-month process for me. Um, I started about 10 months ago with the idea of, you know, we're, we're not, I say we're not moving forward, but I mean, it's it's history, right? So we're moving backwards and we're moving forward and we're dealing with right now. Um, so I started 10 months ago looking at what we had and realizing that we were no longer collecting uh, items to, to add to our collection. And that's happened because, you know, there's not been anybody interested in the position uh, for a while. So I said, let me run with it. Let me work with what we have. And let me try to see what we can keep adding to our collection. Um, so 10 months of learning history and kind of realizing that, you know, it's a lot, but uh, it's fantastic really to see um, 
this stuff that we're uncovering um, every day. I mean, I can say we have over, uh, I have kind of like a library, right? So it's a huge room and now I have volunteers that work with me, but they come in and we basically go, we pull a box off the shelf, we open the box and every day it's a treasure. It's stuff that nobody's seen. Um, you know, the items were put in the boxes, you know, prior to 20 years ago. And, you know, nothing was digital back then. So there's notes on little index cards of what's in the boxes, but nobody really knows, right? So now I open the box and we scan, we digitize, we photograph, and we put it into our database. So now we're trying to, you know, come up with something digital that the future that, that our future generations can actually look at. Because like for me, we all open stuff and it's it's a treasure every day. That's what that's like. It's like Christmas every day, opening up and finding, you know, uh, uh, police officers. A uh, badge from, you know, 1910, uh, you know, a pistol that was, you know, from the 1800s and it was donated by, you know, 70 years later by another member into the department and now we have it. I mean, so many things, so many things. Yeah, I, I loved on Twitter, I saw you post a number of times, uh, my heart be still, and it was some new treasure that you had uncovered. I also loved, I saw you do a post and I, I, this wasn't the only one, uh, but there was one where you talked about Bratton and Conley and they had come in and I don't know if they were helping you identify stuff that you found or if they were just sharing story with you. Tell me about the significance of some of these, I'm assuming retired police officers coming oh back and telling uh, the story. So uh, now I get invited, okay, I, in my 25 year career, you know, being out in, in the street and being out, uh, you know, a headquarters and now being at the museum. Now I get invited to like the retiree breakfast, right? So I love meeting these guys that have the wealth of knowledge that, I mean, you know, they can sit there and tell you, oh my God, this is what I remember this day. And so Brad and Conley are legendary for us. Um, those two guys actually in the last 20 years have been the ones that, I mean, I call it modern era because they, they prior to, right, there was no documentation of anything. Everything was done, but I mean, it's so crazy how the internet and, you know, just, just systems have come in to be able to put things in order, right? But with before Bratton and Conley, I'm not sure how it was done, but when they came in, their job was to basically piece apart every officer involved shooting and you know you know break it apart discuss it create training to assist us to get better for the next time uh deal with officers issues so i mean like these guys they go they go back to 20 years and and they remember every scene. They remember every, you know, situation. They, it's really unreal the amount of knowledge. And when they go, right, like the new generation that has come in with different training, you know, there's, 
there's something to be said for those 30 or 40 year officers that just have that gut feeling and that just know something doesn't look right or or we are not doing it right we need to change you know the new guys come in and it's almost a more robotic right sense of doing things and and maybe not so much common sense that you know now we're having to bring people like me back into the academy to teach some of that common sense to teach some of that um that back of your neck hairs that stand up um so when i get retirees like bratton and conley i mean i'm like you know, in awe of everything they can share. Um, because when those guys go, a lot of things go, right? And I guess yeah. maybe yeah. that's where I became a historian or where I became project manager over this process, over the museum. Um, because I'm realizing now on my way out that when I go, there's a lot of stuff that goes, right? And unless we can write it down, put it down, you know, teach it, talk about it. You can't move forward if you can't see where you've been, I think. Oh, wow. No, I completely agree. I love what you just said there. And and honoring, not only honoring, being competent in what the what happened in the past. I think we take for granted, and I can't, I, I, I don't know this to be true for you, but I, I would assume that maybe you take for granted how much you know. It's just common right now, right? Being a 25-year cop mom, wife, sister, all the roles you play in your life, you have experiences that have shaped who you are today. Right. And, and that's why I love mentoring. I love, you know, you touched on that uh, a little bit ago, talking about inner city youth. And now you just did again in reference to going back to the police academy. And yeah, you're teaching, you're instructing, but you're mentoring them right. to equip them with those experiences that you had that have given you both that spidey sense or that instinct, right? Where you see something and you know, this isn't right. I need to investigate this more and figure out why it isn't right. Um, if, if we could shift there, you picked the Boys and Girls Club. That's the organization that you, that you do some youth mentoring with. Why, why the Boys and Girls Club? What, what grabbed, how did that grab your focus? Well, primarily because it's an organization that the uh, Houston Police Department works with. Um, you know, many years back, um, or even before, you know, when I first moved into, or when I first moved to the United States, um, you know, my family were, were immigrants, right? So there was a lot of us with very little. And so I have always felt that there's, that there were people along my path that were able to show me, you know, hey, you can get out, you can go to school, you can do this, you, you know, be those those examples. And um, it's it's funny because I've gone back and try to find some of these people in my adult life, and uh, have come across, you know, a dear high school principal that, you know, I'm, I've looked for her and found her, but, you know, people are instrumental in shaping your life, right? And, um, you know, I, I picked, I'd say the boys and girls because we had that easy contact with the police department, but also because a lot of them is, they're, they're like me, right? Like my husband, you know, he'll, he'll tell you, I didn't understand why she went all the time. 
And now he goes, right? Like he he likes seeing the kids during Christmas. He realizes how much just positive interaction is needed, right? Um, especially with immigrant kids. Um, you know, their parents are here to make a living and there's usually very, um, you know, low income in some of these areas and the parents are not available. So when I show up on a Monday evening or a Thursday evening with, you know, vanilla wafers and, you know, Fanta's, you know, sodas, they're it's like, yes, say bed's here, right? Or off sorry bed's here. Um, they, it's that, that connection, right? Like the kids are like, man, you miss Monday. What happened Monday? Like they actually miss you. They, they, you become a, 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 an important part in their lives, even just to have that interaction, that one-on-one. -on -one. Um, so yeah, I, I just feel like it's, it's a good way to give back maybe. Right. Yeah. What I hear you saying is life change. That's something that resonates with me. I want to impact other people's lives and, and positively change their life. Uh, not not the way I think they need to change it necessarily. Right. But just, right? Help them along their path in maturing and, and working towards whatever goals they have. And uh, that's th those are organizations that I'm attracted to, is, is organizations that I see changing other people's lives. Right. Uh, and in the process, our lives are changed. As we volunteer, as we give, as we engage other human beings and show love and compassion and respect, it changes who I am. And yeah. that was something that you spoke about recently on your Twitter feed. You talked about someone that has, um, I'm trying to think of the right word. It was just that affirmation you said. I can't remember the exact word, but you talked about a teenager that you had been engaging and and his mom dying of cancer. Can you tell me about that? Um, I think my 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 post was uh, the biggest validation of my career came uh, when you know this child uh, came to me and and was very thankful for our friendship. Right, like um, you know, not a not a commendation, not. Uh, a supervisory kudos to you, not, you know, a, a chief of police letter, none of that stuff, right? Like, you know, when you look at your career and you have a file to show for, none of that stuff matters, right? You look at um, this specific child and, I mean, we didn't talk about it, but like he, he, started coming about a year ago, like October last year and showing up. And he's my oldest kid at the Boys and Girls, right? Like everybody else is under 13. And then here I have a 17 year old and I'm like, why are you coming here? Right. And uh, he came every day, like he came every day. And for a year, literally, um, you know, he would come in and sit in the game room and play puzzles and talk to the kids and, and and do well he didn't talk much so I I'd say not talk to the kids but really play with the kids but I'm looking at him and I'm like he's 17 years old I say hey you want to go outside and play you know you want to throw the ball uh sometimes I play basketball with them or 
you know, we play video games or we do homework or we go to the tech lab and we play, you know, whatever educational games or, um, and he never really wanted to do anything, but he was always there. So for a year, very little communication and, you know, I couldn't engage him, but I knew he was coming. Um, well, this year specifically, he kind of broke down and um, said, you know, my mom passed last November from breast cancer. And I come here because I get a meal before I go to bed. And I feel like these are my family members. My His dad's a laborer and um, his dad's gone all day, basically, right? Like he provides shelter, um, but that's all he had at home. Um, so in his mind, you know, his mom, his person of safety was gone and he got to see me weekly. Right. And um, no, that was a huge, huge validation for me. Um, on this day, he came out and said, you know, I'm very thankful for you because you've been my constant. And these little kids, I don't have family. So they're my siblings. Right. And then I get a meal and then I go home. So that to me was like right like my whole career was summarized to that yeah yeah well and again you impacted another human being's life right and there, there's that connection piece and anything special in my life it comes oh. back to some type of a, a a relationship with another person it's it's not the the truck or the the, the verbal affirmation from work when a boss tells me hey you did a good job it feels good it feels good, but nothing, nothing compared to another human being saying, uh, wow, uh, thank you so much. You, you made my life better. Yeah. Uh, hey, I see you follow, uh, I think it's Harris County Sheriff Ed Gonzalez, and I hadn't uh, seen much of his content before, but he just really is pushing out a bunch of positive uh, content as well, isn't he? That guy is, um, so we're good friends. Uh, he was a Houston police officer before he became the sheriff. Um, and he really makes it a point, like every Sunday, every Monday, get out there, let's do our best. Um, you know, that stuff is contagious. It's, um, it's, and I, and, and I always think this, it's really easy to work, um, for a good boss and you will do everything not to make them look bad, right? Or him or her, right? Uh, you will bust right because you're gonna do everything in your power and I think Ed is very much that person like working with or for him um it's it's very inspirational and he's genuine right like you hear a lot of these politicians I mean that's an elected position here in Texas um but you hear some of these politicians just trying to go through the motion because they have aspirations of doing something later on um but not Ed, you know, that's, that's who uh, he is. That's a good man. Yeah. It's exciting. One of his, one of his posts I liked was, uh, I'm looking off here to read it. Storms come and go. All chaos has an expiration date. And I love that right there. Yes. It may be chaotic in your life. Oh. Hey, folks, it has an expiration date, a new day to practice gratitude. Uh, is that, uh, something that you do in your life? Do you, whether you have a gratitude journal or just when you're driving to work, do you do you carve out time in your in your day to sit there and recognize the things that you have to be thankful for? Um, yeah, and I think 
I I pushed that on my running friends because um, uh, I feel like when we get out there in the open air, uh, yesterday was 25 degrees, right? And we got out there and got a few miles under our belt. And um, when I get out there and I find days like that, nice, crisp, uh, cool days, and you see the beauty of things, and it's a new year, and I was off today, so I kind of knew I was going to have some time to do my stuff. Um, you're thankful. You're you're thankful for everything that that happens, and and you know we all don't know where this year's going to go or how it's going to go, right? Um, you know, with the illness, with I mean. You could walk out to the convenience store and things could happen. I mean, schools, you see all these mass shootings, uh, malls, movie theaters. You just don't know. You just close your eyes and just be thankful that we're here and we're able to pass along a little bit of sunshine to everybody else. And hopefully our kids, right? Like they can be an extension of what we are and they can go out there and say, you know, my mom was, you know, she's a beast. She'd get out and do this and that, and she'd never take no for an answer. I mean, that, you know, that's that's the extension of you. So uh, if not for us, for the next generation. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Well, hey, time is my most <laughs> valuable commodity. And here in very short order, with you not knowing me hardly at all, you agreed to come on the podcast. And I really appreciate you carving out time today to share with the listeners your mindset, uh, just some of the different aspects of your life. Right. Uh, so thank you so much for the time. Thank you for what you do there in the Houston community with my cousin being down there. It means a lot to me knowing that they have great police officers like like yourself down there doing the job. And uh, always here. Um, I, I love your message of positivity. And um, I mean, I wish we had more, right? Yeah. Well, hopefully, like you said, it's contagious. So if we keep at it, right, whether it be pushing out positive messages, having great conversations, listening to people, here's the deal. We don't got to agree with everyone. I don't got to agree with you on religion, on politics. We can just sit there and relate as parents and have a connection there. Right. And then maybe we'll listen to each other on the stuff we disagree with. But um, boy, I'm uh, I definitely want us as a uh, as a country, as a world community to start listening more to each other. Yep. That's a great one. Thank you, awesome. Chris. Thank you so much for, you know, for reaching out, right? Like who would have connected you and I on two opposite sides of the country, right? Um, but I, I, I love the idea that you reach out to people and you try to put this, this message out. So I appreciate you. You're welcome. Thank you. Well, what did you think, ladies and gentlemen? I hope you enjoyed hearing from Johanna Abad as much as I enjoyed interviewing her. Great perspectives in life and what it's taken for her to have a 25-year career with Houston Police Department. Uh, hey, we want to hear from you. How are we doing here on the Two Feet on the Ground Gravity Podcast? Jamie and I are always trying to improve Marriage Mondays and then these weekly interviews with other guests. Uh, there's different ways you can communicate back with us. If you're listening to this on an Apple podcast platform you can rate and review us that helps us out it makes our podcast more viewable to other listeners 
Whether you're watching this on YouTube or listening on another platform, you can like, you can share, you can leave comments. You can shoot us an email at chris at gravityct.com and let us know how we're doing. Give us ideas for topics for Marriage Mondays or future guests for the interviews. Ladies and gentlemen, we only get to live this life once. Go and love on and take care of the people that you have in your circles. Take care.